The Insurance Coffee House is hosted by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies, brokers, and insurtechs in the UK and across the United States, attracting and retaining the most successful leaders to your insurance business. To find out more, visit insurance-search.com. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and be inspired by the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Kristen Hubberley, who is the Chief People Officer at Transverse Insurance. Transverse are a very good friend of the show. We've had two previous guests on in Eric Matson and also Rob Zerifer on previous series. So we're really looking forward to hearing from Kristen today. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Thanks, Nick. Happy to be here. I appreciate your uh, taking the time out to talk to me. Absolute pleasure, Kristen. I know we've actually talked about this for a while now. So great to have you on the show and looking forward to hearing more about your career and also to get an update on how things are going there at Transverse as well. Before we get into that, though, as we are in the insurance coffee house this morning, it's the morning there for you over in New Jersey. It's the Friday afternoon here, the UK. What's your go-to coffee of choice today? Sure. Today I have a blend that is the Caribou blend. It's from Caribou Coffee. My husband usually picks them up when he's in Atlanta, Georgia. But we, uh, both he and I, I would say about 15 years ago, switched over completely to black. So that's uh, how we take everything now, which is kind of nice. Gives us all the good benefits of the coffee. It does. And it's actually very good for the waistline if you go into Starbucks and see the difference between oh, yes. black Americano <laughs> and a big Pacino or Mocha. So that's for sure. They do the same thing. We're, we're a Dunkin' Donuts household, not so much as the Starbucks, but they do the yeah. same thing at Dunkin' Donuts and they give you the calorie breakdown. So it's kind of nice to see ours are usually about, you know, 20, 25 and everybody else is north of 250. Yeah, exactly. It means you can have more food or uh, <laughs> drinks in a day instead. Exactly. Oh, great stuff there, Kristen. Thanks for that. Kristen, let's start off then your career, your background. What's the journey that you've been on and what's led you into the position that you are now as the, the CPO at Transverse? Sure. I'll give you a little history. For me specifically, I think when I was first starting out my career, I had always wanted to be in HR. I like people. I really enjoy talking with people helping people specifically in a sense of, you know, I enjoy helping them understand benefits or helping them to understand any aspect of the HR world. So when I first started out, my mother had been in HR for about 30 years. I enjoyed hearing her kind of going to work with her every so often. HR is a very hard area to get into, especially in the US. They typically want you to have some background unless you get in on the very, very low level, which is an HR assistant, which I luckily was able to do. I had a couple of roles before that, more administrative, and then started my career at a hedge fund in New York called Oxif. It's now changed to Sculptor. And I started as the HR assistant there, stayed there for about 13 years. It was a long journey there, but it was an exciting time there for a number of reasons, um, especially in the HR world. So I went from an HR assistant to an HR associate to what we now call an HR business partner. They weren't really um, define like that that back then. It was more of a generalist role. I had gone on and, and created that role eventually down the road, became an HRBP. I worked with the chief administrative officer. And then we had about, at the top end, we probably had about 
12 to 13 people globally on the HR team. So I was working with a lot of people there. I did pretty much everything and anything while I was there on the HR side. You know, I, I started understanding recruiting there. I started understanding benefits there. I did employee relations. I took over the benefit renewal each year. Did a lot of strategy information as well. Uh, one of the biggest things that happened while I was there, one of the reasons I stayed was in 2007, we went um, public. So we switched from private to public. And with that, you need a lot more roles. <laughs> uh, you also need a lot more departments that you didn't have prior. So that was exciting. But with that growth also comes change. Sometimes it's for the good. Sometimes it's not. It's definitely for the good for us. What had happened was a lot of people who were in these roles for a number of years, they also had not uh, been trained as managers. So it was a lot of understanding how to change their key roles, become managers, give them training, coaching, everything. So also got into that aspect. And then I slowly created my own role, became a great partner there. Back in 2016, started to get a little bit of a itch, kind of thought to myself, maybe I should start looking around. And then in 2017, I got a different role and I became the head of HR, director of HR at a private equity firm. It was much more strategic. I had one person that worked with me and that helped me in the back end, you know, did benefits, onboarding, did payroll, everything in that sense. But it was much more strategic. We had to build out a number of teams there while I was there. So recruiting uh, and also dealing a lot every year, obviously, as well as with comp. Um, but I was really kind of brought into the comp world there as well, a compensation yeah. process. I also had to implement a lot of new things there. They didn't have certain things. So there was a lot of implementation of processes and procedures whether that be review process, we had to completely implement there. They didn't have anything. And then also just doing a lot of strategic sense, let's say, for example, a team that needed help with understanding how to place people and how to create their roles and make them grow in their roles. Did that for about four years. Halfway through that process, COVID hit. That was definitely a new challenge for the yeah. HR world. It was different. Um, it was definitely not something I've ever experienced. I think I changed from HR into a lot of psychologist type of aspects we did really have to do, especially with our employees. I also had to reinvent my role at that time because a lot of HR, and especially when you're in that role, is a lot of like a flyby discussion, right? Somebody's passing your office. They think about what they needed to talk to you about. Now, that wasn't happening anymore, especially not during COVID. So definitely had to reinvent myself at that point and really change on how I communicated with people and how I was able to create a new office environment as well for the staff. So we did a lot of finance was not a teams-based environment. So they didn't do a lot of that type of stuff. So we really had to change the culture and the environments of thinking of how we would communicate with people and also keep the culture going. That was really hard too. But after about four years being there, especially here in the US, my commute, um, I'm based in New Jersey. Those jobs were in New York. I had been doing the commute, which was three hours in total a day. To be honest with you, it was usually about three and a half. Mm. Also had two young kids at home. I thought to myself, I think it's about time I started to do something a little different. So I looked for a new role and I found this one, which um, led me to transverse. You know, finance background, but HR a lot longer. Yeah. And my husband is in insurance, so it does help a little bit with the language. So I've been here since June of uh, 2022, and it's been an amazing experience. Kristen, thank you for that. So how have you found the world of insurance in the last 
12 months or so compared to your previous times at hedge funds and also private equity business. How's the world of insurance similar or different to those types of industries? So I think the one main similarity, which we've been talking a lot about recently, is um, DNI. For example, in New York, in the finance world, it's really hard to recruit for women or diverse cultures. I think there's a similar aspect in the insurance world. So I'm finding that you and I will talk a little bit more about it, but a lot of what I had to do in the finance world and is try to recruit people who wanted to come in um, and get them to understand why it would be exciting to be in a hedge fund or a private equity or finance in that sense, and especially to women and diverse candidates. I'm finding it's very similar here, insurance. I think it's a little different in the sense that a lot of the insurance industry, um, they're trying to change on the age area. So trying to get into that younger culture, really bring people on um, so that they can build that out as well. So I think that's definitely similar. I'm just finding that very similar aspect. I think that the people are definitely different. I really like the people that I work with here. Not that I didn't like the people I had worked at um, in the finance world, but I'm just finding that the people in insurance are a little bit more laid back. They are a little bit more strategic around people and their teams and how they want those employees, if it's their staff or somebody that maybe they're just connected to on a senior level, to continue to grow in their roles. So they think about different ways of moving them up the ladder and also giving them better experiences and giving them a little bit more autonomy. I think in finance, it's a little bit more restricted on that side, on the autonomy business. Absolutely. And I think one of the things which is great about the insurance world is that it is such a meritocracy. You know, people are rewarded and move very quickly for performance, whereas some of those other more sort of traditional industries, you know, it can take a, a lot longer to climb up and the opportunities can be a little bit more sparse until you have that experience, which I think definitely helps a lot. Kristen, I'd love to hear how things are at Transverse. I've said on the show earlier, we've had both Eric Matson and we've had Rob Zerifer on the show in previous episodes. And I know the trajectory towards growth was looking strong at that stage. How's the business at this current date in time? It's been great, to be honest with you. I'm not sure how much uh, your audience knows, but Transverse was recently acquired by Mitsui Sumitomo, which is a large insurance carrier. I think it's been an exciting time, definitely, since we finalized that early January. We have a lot of new opportunities. One of the biggest things that I know, and especially in talking with people and hearing from our business development side, as well as our underwriting, how much that once that news came out, people were super excited to do more work with us for all different sorts of reasons. And so the business has been really extremely busy. And so it's exciting to kind of see that. So there's obviously on my end, keeping me very busy with recruiting, managing employees, everything in that sense. But it's been a really exciting time. I think one of the great things about Transverse is that uh, most of the people understand the end goal and what we need to achieve. People are excited to do that and to get to that point. So we've got a lot of hardworking people who are really putting in a lot of and the time and effort on a daily basis. It seems like that acquisition, I mean, obviously, you know, acquisitions take various forms. Acquisition can often bring, you know, challenges and worry, particularly for, mm -hmm. for staff members, if that acquisition is of a, you know, a similar business. But it seems like this acquisition is more complementing what you do and what they do, which lead to more opportunity, if anything, there. Absolutely. Uh, I have been working with the HR head at Mitsui now for a couple of months just in talking about things. And it's been such a great relationship of working with her, 
and also working with a few of the senior Mitsui individuals, as well as, you know, speaking with the people from Japan. It's just been a great, I would say, collaboration. That's really more how I think about it. We've been really kind of talking a lot, working together, trying to take it to the next level. At the same time, being able to hold on to our own business as transverse. So I think the employees really feel that and really appreciate that. Yeah, nothing but opportunity I can see there. Moving on, we've already sort of discussed, you know, the challenges our industry has, but, you know, it's certainly a challenge across a lot of industries around DEI and attracting people from earlier stages in their careers, essentially out of college or out of school. I know internships something of passion to you. Would you mind expanding on that a little bit further and, you know, sort of what got you into bringing in interns to the organization and what benefits that's been for the businesses? So I definitely saw this in the past that the Uh, financial firms I've worked at. A lot of what we would have is different people coming in to intern. Um, We would have super days, we called them, on Fridays or on Saturdays where we would interview, you know, around the clock, all in different types of uh, candidates from all different types of schools. We would also interview, you know, throughout the year and try to find different people. But what I'd always seen was continuous, similar style of people. And so, what I tried to do at the private equity firm while I was there was a lot of, you know, meet with different groups of people for internships and also try to get different people from different lifestyles and backgrounds. So for example, there's a company nonprofit called Girls Who Invest. So we would meet with them, try to understand what these girls wanted to do and get them to understand a little bit more about the private equity or the uh, hedge fund world to get them to understand you're not going to have to work, you know, 24 hours a day just to complete and to get interested. Um, It was really just to also for them to see a female there for them that's working in these firms. And so internships is really where you can get people on that DNI scale. You know, it's it's not going to change overnight. You can't just suddenly find candidates. And what I was finding, I had the support of all the staff, of all the senior people and senior leaders they were definitely on board with hiring. But what was happening was because of certain things happening, you know, for example, the Me Too movement, suddenly the 10 girls that were available to interview were getting snatched up so quickly, right? So it was super hard to do. You find that just really tough. And so in order to change it for the long run, you have to really invest in people much, much earlier. When I came to Transverse and when I was interviewing, one of the things that I talked to Eric about, because it's a huge passion of Eric Matson's, is this internship program, is how he was super excited about it. And he talked to me a lot about that on the interview. We talked a lot about how you can get a younger population in and get them excited about these roles and also get them to understand that maybe field that they're interested in college, it doesn't necessarily mean that you, you know, if you're an accountant, it doesn't mean you have to go to one of the big four. You know, you can go to an insurance company. The biggest thing that I've heard is just everybody has always fallen into insurance, but let's get them to want to be an insurance rather than just fall into it. So one of that has to be is that you have to be a presence on these campuses when they have career fairs. You have to be a presence out and about, and you also have to be making them aware of what you do and what they could benefit from, from an internship. And so what we don't want to do is we don't want interns coming in and just scanning paper, getting coffee. It's just not going to work. You want them to work and get an understanding so they can really enjoy it or make the decision that it's not right for them also. And so what I have found is that if you can get people earlier and get them to understand and also have them see like-minded people and like 
that they see on the screen if they're interviewing or in person. I think that's the biggest thing. One of the things I've been talking to them as well is just in recruiting, and it's not just for the internships, is that when a candidate sees somebody that looks like them on the screen or in person, they're more, much more likely to continue that process. They don't want to see an HR role. HR is very female driven. So if you've got five females that interview a one male, it's the same thing. You want to have a diverse population of candidates. You want to have a diverse population of employees who are interviewing these candidates. And this will help you grow in your company as well. It's very, very well known that diverse backgrounds lead to a much more cohesive and broader environment within the culture of the firm. Thank you for that, Kristen. I think a lot of people associate internships with big corporate organizations right. who have you know internship schemes and it seems like those types of businesses have more support more structure in place where you know they can have a good internship program transverse is still very much in its infancy you've got around about 50 60 people something like that working there at the group so how have you gone about doing that and why has that been such a big driver for you how have you put in place an internship program and what's been the driver behind its success i think definitely eric is the big driver on it yeah. Uh, but I think at the same time, when you find when a group such as actuarial or business development or underwriting, when they find somebody and they actually work with that intern for you know ten weeks and realize that there's the potential in that person to take on more work or even to possibly join us the next year, that's amazing. So I think that's been a big driver too is the experience that people have seen. So what you want to do is you want to get those candidates and people who are interested. So that way, then the senior leaders will then who are working with these interns see the possibility for what can actually extend further in their career. What I really liked is that we've had three years of the internship program. We started with four, then we went to six, then we went to eight. We've hired four people from those programs. And they are now working for us full time, which is wonderful. To me, that's a wonderful success. I remember in the past, even at any of my uh, firms, uh, we would maybe not even hire one person after two to three years. It's just more like giving people an experience. This has been great because we really focus on the interns during their time here. They also do get a really good experience, right? So they work directly with their team and they also work with the interns themselves. So they get into a group, they work on a project throughout the whole summer. And at the end of the summer, they have to present that project. And they have to present that project to the senior people, including Dave and Eric, <laughs> our co-founders. And they have to be in front of them. It was great kind of seeing them this past summer right there in their little suits and they're all decked out and they've got their PowerPoint. And they got up there and they presented and they were strong on what they believed needed to happen at the end of this project. I think it gives them an all-around great experience. They're getting access to senior people who maybe have, you know, 30 plus years in the business. They're getting to not only learn whatever their specialty is, whether that's accounting or actuarial underwriting, they're getting to interact with that team and really get to do projects that allow them to focus solely on that. They also get other experience, right? They get to work with a team and work on how to collaborate and Maybe somebody doesn't agree with you. And so you have to figure out your problems and what happens on that step. But I think the last thing is really that there's a potential for you to come on board, you know, the next year. And recently I've been to a couple of career fairs and 
the biggest thing that most of them are asking, is this going to lead to a full-time position possibly? That's our goal. Yes, it is. We'd love for you to join if you want to. Obviously, it's been quite busy. There's only going to be continuous growth with Transverse. So if we can bring on these interns and then be able to bring them on the next year in a full-time capacity, that would be wonderful. You can really see the benefits there of not only having, you know, the interns in the office and, you know, the support mm-hmm. that they can provide in that capacity, but also, like you say, when you then hire them and you're bringing in, you know, entry-level people, you've seen how they've been working for 11 or 12 weeks. At that level, that's often the hardest thing is to see what someone's work ethic is going to be like or how they're going to interact with people, how they're going to cope in an office environment where actually they've probably been at school and college for their whole academic career. So it's a great way of seeing that. In terms of just sort of touched upon it then, that end goal is obviously to bring people through and help them secure a role. Do you think it's wider than that, just sort of attracting people, giving people the opportunity to join the insurance industry where, you know, a lot of positions for companies, you're looking for baseline experience from another firm first. So was that really really help to widen that net of talent available to you? I think definitely, right? Because at the end of the day, not only can it help us, it helps these interns and junior level, entry level type of people. And it also helps people to see maybe an industry that they didn't necessarily think was so diverse or broad in their experience and being able to grow. It lets them see that. Look, it would we love for them to come on and stay for 10 years? Yes, that would be great. But if it helps them also to grow in their career and move forward, you just never know. I've always said that. You could come to a company, stay for a couple of years, leave, get some more experience somewhere else, and then decide that you want to come back again. And if you have that knowledge and that base, and you also have that good relationship, which started at an internship level then why not? Why not think about it that way? I think also one of the great things that an internship allows people a little bit more is the ability to speak to senior people, especially in an internship, give that practice, right? There's a lot of times you're in college, you kind of just talk one way, you have a way about you, you don't really realize how it is in the corporate world. And then you go into an internship and you realize a little bit differently on how you have to speak to people what type of things you have to say, how you have to present yourself, how you present your work. Also just on, do you ask a question one way or not? So I think it also gives them that experience too. Communication skills evolve and adapt over career. And it's a great way to start that off. And you know what I'm seeing right now, especially just on the communication side, is that when I've spoken to a number of these intern candidates right now, they were seniors in high school and also freshmen in college. During COVID, they all want to be in the office. They all want that in-office experience. They want to be talking with people full on. And so it's great to see that because that's really what we want too. Because we, you know, you learn much better when you're right next to somebody. Something's happening. You realize it. It's great. Thank you. Kristen, thanks for that. Brings us nicely onto the espresso round now, where our questions are short, sharp, and to the point. Got your big, is it your big Chibo coffee there at the moment yep. this morning? Ready for the espresso round? Sure. The espresso round. What one piece of advice or recommendation would you have for other HR executives looking to launch their own internship program? I would definitely say focus on those people who are extremely interested and extremely passionate um, in general. In terms of those interns, you're looking 
really at that passion for it rather than sort of qualification. Because people can learn. They can learn on the job. You want somebody that's really excited and hardworking and passionate. If we move on to the sort of the more senior side of things with um, some of the senior executives that you hire, what piece of advice would you have someone coming to interview at Transverse? What goes down well? What would be a good piece of advice for someone coming into interview with you? I would say be flexible. said that to a few people recently. I think being flexible is a great trait if you can be okay with that. There's going to be a, you know things that happen throughout the day. 9 a.m. when you're deliverable would be one thing. By 12, it may switch. And then by three, it may change again. I think as long as you're okay with that, you know, I think it's definitely a good trait to have. Do you think that's because of the business specifically at Transverse there? Because I know you've hired been a lot of, you know, leading insurance executives from big corporates who come in and, you know, are in the leadership team there. Is that something that because you're now that smaller entity that people have got to be more flexible, they've got to be more nimble, they've got to get involved in different things where perhaps at that corporate they had by set structure into their job role? Correct. So there's there's times that I get pulled into things that are not necessarily HR related. They might be more on the business development side. But I completely am fine with that because number one, it helps me to understand the business a little bit more. But then also, as long as I can help, if I can be a resource and be able to help the firm grow, all the better power to the company to have somebody extra helping in. In terms of technology, either on the internship side of things or with your general talent acquisition, is there one piece of technology you're using that's supporting the business really well? I think probably our Slack that we use is quite heavily used throughout the company. Slack is a kind of instant messaging aspect for any of your listeners that don't know, but it is a great tool in the sense of being able to communicate, especially with a number of our employees being remote. It's really, really helpful. I use it quite a bit during the day, but even for example, it may, you know, somebody may Slack me at night or over the weekend. And it's not that I need to necessarily get back to them right away, but it's always at least helpful to be able to see something like that. It's great to have those channels set up, isn't it? So you know what that particular conversation is around rather than going backwards and forwards all there together. Final question, the espresso round. You've obviously sat in a lot of interviews over your career. Is there one particular experience that stands out to you for being particularly bad answer or a bad situation that you've ever come across in those interviews? I've told people this a number of times. You find a different types of people when you interview, and especially when you're in HR and you're interviewing. Some people take it very seriously and they believe that HR is going to help and make a difference for their candidacy. Others don't. One person years ago, they were for an analyst role for um, one of our financial positions. He cursed about five to six times during my interview. And he used the worst word during that interview, all five to six times to explain a lot of things, (laughs) not at me. Just explaining maybe his work and how it was awful. I thought to myself during that interview, not sure why we're getting so detailed. I didn't know if he felt comfortable enough at that point. I I do try to make people feel very comfortable so they can take their guard down a little bit. But that was definitely interesting. I walked out of that interview because it was face to face at that time. I went into the manager. I said, I don't think that this is going to work. He's like, why? I had a great conversation with him. I'm like, well, this is what he just said to me. And if he goes into a meeting with investors and starts doing that, we're going to have a problem. And he's like, okay, 
he's gone. Yeah. I, I did explain to the recruiter, maybe he should be aware that that's not appropriate. I hope that recruiter gave some good feedback. I also feel a little bit sorry for that recruiter. With candidate prep, it's more, you know, strategy and what they're looking for rather than don't curse at the HR. Yeah. I always remember that one. Brilliant. Thank you, Kristen. We've almost reached the end of our time together today. I can't believe the time has flown so quickly, actually. Do you have a piece of closing advice for our listeners? How would anyone reach out to you about opportunities there at Transverse? I think uh, on your first point, the advice, what I've always told people is lean heavily on your HR staff. They have some good thoughts and processes on how you should treat your people and how you should manage your staff. Most of them are very knowledgeable because they've been in the business for a long period of time. If anybody wants to reach out on your second point to myself, feel free to go to our website. We do have a career section and you can also see the people there, our senior leadership team as well on our website, which is www.transverseinsurance.com. It will lead you eventually to me. So once you apply through that career section, you'll eventually get pretty quickly to me. So feel free to do so. Sure. If listeners note that they heard you on this particular podcast and enjoyed what you were saying, I'm sure that will go down a treat as well. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I know that Eric was very excited for you and I to speak. Fantastic, Kristen. No, it's been a great conversation and I'm sure our listeners would have really enjoyed hearing everything that you've had to say today. Thank you for listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time for another episode packed with insights and advice for senior leaders, C-suite executives, and ambitious insurance professionals. Stream all episodes at insurance-search.com.